you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Nerd Wallet. We are live here in New York City. It is Wednesday, August 10th. My name is Jamie Erdahl, alongside Kyle Brandt, Peter Strager, and a Super Bowl champion, Jason McCourty. And uh, for anyone that has little kids out there, they share your germs with you. So that is why I sound. That is why I sound the way that I do. And if I get, if I make it to 9:57. It's a good day. Well, we're glad that you're here. Well, you're thanks. Through it. Thank it's you. Okay. All right, it's time for the lead block. Lead block, lead block. There we go. Let's start right here in New York. Unfortunately, the Jets are dealing with a potentially big loss to their offensive line. Former first-round pick Makai Becton is expected to be out for the season with a fractured kneecap. He will get a second opinion, but head coach Robert Sala acknowledged yesterday that he'll miss substantial time, and he spoke about Becton as a player and as a person. With social media in this world, we dehumanize these athletes in the worst way imaginable. Makai has walked in this building and he has taken every single punch you can get from every which way. And he shows up and he works his tail off and he grinds every single day. He shows up to camp and he's fighting to get himself back in shape. He's got videos of him vomiting and people are throwing shade and he's limping and he's doing all those different things and he's fighting the, for, this, for his family, for himself, for his teammates, for this organization, for this fan base and he's doing everything. And then everybody wants to drop him like a, a, a wet rag. That ain't the case. We love Makai. We appreciate everything he's done. And it's, his ride is not over. His story's not over. That's awesome. That's certainly mm-hmm. the kind of sentiment that you want to hear from your head coach. Uh, so what do we think about Robert Sala's reaction to Makai Becton and the potential that he might be out for quite some time? Man, I love it. I mean, as a player that's gone through season-ending injuries, it's tough. Physically, obviously, you have to rehab. There's a whole process. But mentally, like you're away from the team. You can't play. For Makai Becton, a young guy who's dealt with injuries, everybody's going to be saying he's injury-prone. I remember I was on a team, went through an injury, Trainer comes to me and says, hey, we had the Super Bowl tomorrow. Would you play? 
I was like, I'd do everything in my power to go out there on that football field and play. It's the Super Bowl. Very next day, head coach walks in. I'm in the training room. Hey, if it's the Super Bowl, you play, but you can't come out here to practice. <laughs> wow, okay. Ended up having surgery, missed 12 games that season. Same time at that injury, DB coach comes up to me. He's like, hey, a 75% you is better than some of the other guys we have. If you can just kind of will it together, like you can go out there and play. Last year in Miami, get hurt, have to have surgery. Last play in my NFL career was an injury. Mm. Limped off the field. So the mental approach it takes to rehab, to come back, to be able to go back out there on the football field from a Kai Beckham, you hear everything that people are saying. It's not like you can just block it all out. You know what's going on. So to have Robert Salah say the things he did about him and the love that he has for him, I mean, that's incredible, especially for a young player to hear and receive that. I think it's there's an extra layer with Beckton. He battles weight issues. This is a guy who, in a world of mental health where everyone's so inclusive and says they talk to talk, you see on Twitter, this guy is just a complete pinata because 370 pounds, 400 pounds, we don't know if he could play, we are the first round pick, all these things. He got himself into shape. Like, he did the work, and he got there. And then to have this injury happen, it's so heartbreaking. I think what Salah really hit on there is that, like, we dehumanize these players, mm -hmm. and I think that was a good reset for everyone, knowing that this guy wanted to play so badly, his season's done, and yet what he's going to hear is, you fat slob, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and he's a 23-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. It stinks. I feel for Becton, and... Kudos to Salah for stepping up there and actually defending his player. Yeah. Big time. And we're going to get into this in a second. I, I don't know if the Jets have the horses yet on the field this year, but I, I know they got the leader. And yes. personal story, I, I got to meet and spend a little bit of time with Robert Salah this summer. And... My God, the presence. It's everything you hear. It's everything. And look, we do what you do. You, you come across football coaches. You meet them. And eventually you kind of get to the cliches and the stereotypes. And you're sitting there talking to a coach. And you, you know he's going to go into that mode where he's like, well, I'm just really eager to get back to work and back on the grind. No. He sits there with his wife, Sanaa, and they talk about their seven children. And they, they're enjoying themselves. And they're relaxed. And they're supportive. And he looks you in the eye. And he's like, really talks to you like a human being. And like we meet coaches and what we do. I've never met a coach for the first time and come away as impressed as I was with Robert wow. Sala. That quote about Makai Becton, true to form, exactly what you hear about him, walking the walk, like, they got the guy. I believe in that man. I, I was ready to run through a brick wall for Robert Sala, the meeting him, holding a, a vodka cranberry. Imagine if you're, like, in the trenches and you just had your lower body get injured and your coach comes out and says that. I don't know if they have the horses yet, but I know they have the leader. I love that guy. Yeah. Well, everyone, you know, these coaches especially, I think they pick and choose their moments to be supportive of these mm -hmm. players. And I think, Peter, what he did here too is he got ahead of what could have become really nasty for mm -hmm. Kai Beckton because it has yet to be confirmed as to how severe this is. But essentially he said, stop whatever is about to go down mm -hmm. before it even began. Because it really, it, my heart breaks, this is brutal for Kai Beckton because the writing is on the wall now for him. And not only will he have to fight back from physical injury, but from a stigma now that's mm -hmm. going to follow him for a really long mm -hmm. time and in New York especially he will have to yep. carry this as a backpack for a while so it's a devastating blow for the Jets but in terms of how this affects Zach Wilson and the Jets in 2022 from a football perspective how do you think this goes they're going to improve I mean we saw their drive they're, they're going to make strides we just talked about their head coach the type of leader he is he's going into year two are the Jets going to come out make the playoffs and make a deep run I don't really see that but I think for them it's, it's bigger than that it's building a foundation and when you have well, we all just kind of went around the table and said, mm -hmm. a leader like that standing in front of you every day, you have players that are willing to buy into what he's selling and ready to come to work 
and go out there and grind to get better. So I think for the Jets organization, they're moving mm -hmm. in the right direction. The tough challenge for them around them is so is everybody else in the division. So how do you yeah, kind of catch up to them when they're still moving forward? You know, obviously the Patriots have some stuff going on with the offensive side of the ball, but we've talked at length about the Miami Dolphins and what they've done, and we always characterize Josh Allen as a killer. So yeah. we know what's going on in that division. So they're making strides. Mm. Are they closing that gap? Ah, I don't really know about that mm -hmm. yet. I might be with Jay. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I've said that, and Jets fans were not happy when I said the show. I'm like, I don't know if it's this year. It might be next year, and the Becton thing hurts. He's number 11 overall pick. Like, this is a guy that they drafted, and he was drafted before Tristan Wirfs, and it was, hey, we're going to have this guy out there protecting him, you know, Zach Wilson. That said, I look at this first-round class that they got. They got four first-round talents. I mean, you've got, of course, the, the three first-rounders, but then I think Brees Hall is a first-rounder. He's obviously sure. you know, top back in this draft as far as the draft goes. This is going to be the difference. You're adding four blue chip players. The reviews on Sauce Gardner have been incredible. Yeah. Garrett Wilson hasn't dropped a pass, it seems like, in training camp. Jermaine Johnson's going to be their, their pass rusher off one edge. And then you've got Brees Hall, who with Michael Carter are going to make a really formidable running back room. So talent alone, they're going to be better than they were last year, yeah. where the roster was kind of barren with those blue chip players. Are they going to compete? I'm kind of with Jason on this one. I, I just don't see us talking mm. Jets in January. Mm. First, I want to double back to what we're talking about, the toxicity and Salah heading off the reaction to that. I wonder what the New York Post and Daily News are going to run this morning. Like, what is their headline because that is low-hanging fruit for them to do some sure. sort of fat joke or something about McC I wonder what they'll do I got to run that down in a commercial break because I think that's a good barometer do they listen to the head coach because then he's got something going as far as the Jets on the football field I think it's that simple it's, it's, is, is Zach Wilson going to be good this year and let me inject some optimism so we look at Josh Allen and certainly I do the truth maybe the number one player you know the the, the MVP it's just a matter of time on and on and on and on let's bring up something curious Zach Wilson has played one season in the NFL look at this Rookie okay. comparisons. Okay, go Those there. are the rookie numbers for Josh and for Zach. Touchdown interception, I, I, identical. Completion wow. percentage, Zach Wilson better. Passer rating, Zach Wilson better. All right, I, I, that's not bad. And, and I know that there's a lot of factors here and on and on, but like that's something to build on because if you believe in Josh Allen, that was him as a rook, guys. It was not pretty. He did not come in and hit the ground running and be a sensation. He took lumps. He took lumps the next year too. And then they really started getting cooking. And so what I'm saying is, like, we are in what I call the Avengers era of quarterbacks where they're all just insane the second they play the field. No, they're not. And Josh Allen was not. And Zach Wilson was not. But that doesn't mean he's going to suck and they, they don't have a shot. That thing you just showed, Peter, is pretty impressive, that yeah. talent out there. Four, and four he's got players. Checkers. And he had the same rookie season statistically as Josh Allen. So will he become Josh Allen? Probably not. But I don't know if he needs to. I think that there's a little more optimism that he deserves that, we, that maybe we're giving him. I still think we're in this era for Zach Wilson of, like, he needs as much support as he can get on the field. And, unfortunately, Mekhi Becton, they were going to grow yeah, together. That's and that's why this yeah. is also heartbreaking. So what are the Jets going to do to go out not only to fix this problem, but to help Zach Wilson as much as they possibly can? The reports are that Dwayne Brown is an mm -hmm. option for yeah. them to go out and get. I know there are maybe other tackles that are a potential for him, but his price tag just went up. But it kind of makes me happy to, to think of a veteran coming in and anchoring a line and looking at Zach Wilson in, in maybe a high-stress situation mm -hmm. and being like, I got you. He's, what, in his mid-30s. He's played 200 games. A Dwayne Brown option, I know his price tag just went up because he's still waiting around after this injury now from Mekhi Becton. But to me, at this point, somebody like that is a really good 
situation for Zach Wilson to have if it can't beat Mekhi Becton. Uh, agreed. And the veteran presence is huge. Last year on that team, they were so young, and they bought Flacco in midseason. And then you notice those numbers you showed from Zach Wilson, most of that's the last month of the season. Yeah. And that was with Flacco in yes. the room. This is Salah's second year as a coach. It's Mike LaFleur's second year as an mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. Yeah. It's Jeff Ulrich's second year as defensive coordinator. Like, they're all developing and growing together. There should be an improvement. I put a button on the segment. Uh, Andrew Siciliano, watching us live, just texted me the headline for the New York Post today. And it's a huge picture of Mike Beckner that says, broken tackle. So that's a play on words yeah. and everything. They didn't take a shot at him. Yep. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you, New York Post. Let's yep. clean that thing up. All right. The NFL held a special league meeting yesterday in Minneapolis. And among the topics was the approval of the sale of the Broncos franchise, which became official after a unanimous vote by the owners. But after the meeting, Commissioner Roger Goodell was asked why the NFL appealed Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. We're going to hear from the commissioner and our own Judy Batista with a breakdown of yesterday's league meeting. Well, as you know, it's part of the CBA. The two parties had that right. Either party could certainly challenge and appeal that. And that was something that we thought was our right to do, as well as the NFLPS, and we decided it was the right thing to do. I want to go back to seeking the full year suspension. Because we've seen the evidence, she was very clear about the evidence, reinforced the evidence that there was multiple violations here and they were egregious and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. What expectations do you have as to when the Watson appeal verdict will be determined? I don't know, Ed. I'm, I'm obviously, as you know, I'm not hearing that, so that's a decision that uh, Peter Harvey will make and his time came. Pretty strong language from Commissioner Roger Goodell about the Deshaun Watson case, actually reiterating the language that Judge Sue L. Robinson used in her initial ruling, calling Deshaun Watson's behavior egregious and predatory and explaining that is why the league has gone back on the appeal to pursue a full year suspension. I also asked Roger Goodell about the sanctions against the Miami Dolphins and perhaps what kind of message he gave to other owners here at the meeting. And he said, integrity of the game is critical. He said, while there clearly was no tanking involved here, our words and actions have implications and we have to be careful about them. So strong message from the commissioner to owners here about the Miami Dolphins and we wait and see on the Deshaun Watson decision. I've talked to owners here at the meeting and they said there is still an opening for a settlement between Deshaun Watson and the league. We'll see though that's got to come in the next few days because we expect a decision on the appeal to be imminent. All right, welcome back. This is a real treat because if you are a fan of HBO, some of the greatest characters over the years, Omar Little, uh, Tony Sperano, Kenny Powers, and it looked like this gentleman right now is going to join their ranks. Guys, a sensation and an excellent football player. Lions running back Jamal Williams is here. What's up, Jamal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, there he is. Wait. How y'all doing? <laughs> Jamal, how are you? How are you feeling? You're a football star, now you're a big TV star. How is life? He said a football star and a TV star. Oh, Lord. I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm just living life, just trying to be the best I can be every day and, you know, enjoying playing this lovely game that I get to do for a job. So We love Dan Campbell, of course, for the speeches and everything, but there was a great moment in the episode where he's coming out to practice and you say, I'm ready. He goes, I know you're ready. I don't have to worry about you. I know you're ready. Talk about Coach, mm -hmm. your relationship with him, what he's got going in the building. Oh, DC is just a great coach to have and just like he's a real player's coach and I just enjoy him. I enjoy his energy. I just enjoy having him out there because he makes it easy for you to want to play for him. He makes it easy to get in the mood and makes you want to be part of the team and not against the grain. You know what I mean? So 
I just try to make sure I just help out anywhere I can to make sure the team is ready because he does a great job. The coaches do a great job of just keeping us motivated and making football fun. So we just be out there just having fun, enjoying it. Like, I'm just grateful for him to let me be me and show the team what I am from the inside. I've got a question uh, about the show and all that, but everybody loved seeing you get emotional last <laughs> night. I know you're you're an outgoing personality here, but I, I got to think bearing your soul and having that clip go out there when you got so emotional, you had a speech that was brought that brought you to tears in front of teammates. Tell us about that moment and how you feel with the whole world now seeing something that might have been just for you and the teammates. Honestly, I was just trying to make sure my teammates understand that I want to be great. I want them to be great. And I'll never settle for mediocrity. And I just want us to be at the standard of greatness that we know we can be at. And it's all mental. Most of it's all mental. Like, we all have the talent to be great. And most of the time, it's just that mental strength, that mental push you need from your teammates, yourself. And that's the reason I watch anime, too. They go through a lot. And for them to have that mental strength to be able to push through and surpass their limits and know that they got more that they can give, that's what really draws my power out and makes sure I want to tell it to my teammates. And only the way we get better and communicate and have chemistry is we got to be able to open up to each other and show our true feelings. Because, you know, football players, people think we all supposed to be tough and hard and not show emotion and, you know what I mean, and not care. When really that's what football is, is to bring us together and make us teammates, make us brothers. And just know you're going to war with your brother here and you got to be able to trust them. So you never want to go out to war and not be able to trust your brothers. And I just want to make sure all my teammates know I got their back no matter what. May watch anime, may be an introvert in the house, but I got their back no matter what once we get on that field. Got to be able to tell the man next to him that you love him. And I think that's uh, Deuce Staley said that during the episode last mm. night which I thought was an unbelievable setup just to learn about the coaching staff that you have in Detroit. There's like a hundred collective years of these guys having played in the NFL, going through their own training camps, and now taking you through your own. How important is it when you consider all of the coaches that you get to experience every day to understand what you guys are really going through? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of icy hot in that room. It's a lot of being gay and smelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they all great. I promise you, they just, they all got personalities and they all just want the best for us. And I just love it that they have that, like they living out of us, you know what I mean? Like they living, they playing through us now. And so they have a lot of passion and they just bring it out every day. Like it's not a day that they don't come to work and bring that same energy for us. So I'm just grateful to have coaches who are really just trying to push us to the, to the best of our abilities. Yeah, don't, don't, don't talk about the icy hot and being gay. I'm a former guy, so those days are over, man. Man, but we got a chance to see Aaron Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley go at it during practice. Does that ever carry over into the cafeteria, into the meeting room where those two guys are just bickering and talking trash about what happened on the practice field? It was unbelievable. Ah, it'd be love off the field. You know, on the field is war, but off the field is all love and, you know, they like brothers. So, and I just love how they are too, because it, I, I told my boy Tracy Walker, T walked this. I'm like, we gonna we gonna end up like that. We just, we should be practicing like this, talking you know talking that mess to each other like how they do. They be at each other's head all the time, and I just love it too because it just shows you know how much heart and how much they love this game, man. This motivates me to keep want to be the best player I can be. So I love all of it just because it, it's giving me more perspective on football, you know, especially about when you're done with football and how much they still love it and how much they put into it. And so I just want to make sure I don't take my time right now for granted and just enjoy every minute of it and be happy about it, be who I am, and just enjoy playing football, man. 
It looks like you also really enjoyed some of the rookie performances that Coach Campbell demanded of, let's say, your second overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. I was a little nervous for him at the beginning, but it ended up being so impressive for him to belt out that rendition of Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Tell us about that bonding experience, and did you have a rookie performance that you were flashing back to when you watched those guys perform? I learned a good lesson that most of the people in the room are going to be older than you, so you might as well just do an old song, you know what I mean, just so they can get into oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> so Aiden, he did good. I was I was very proud of him. He did yeah. good. One of our rookies, he did horrible. This man started singing the iCarly theme song. Oh, it was no. not popping. I was like, what is yeah. he singing? <gasps> then he got to the one part. I'm like, oh, this is iCarly. Boo! Boo! Yeah. <laughs> he got booed off. Uh, Mine was my girl. My girl. Oh, my girl. Yeah. The crazy, the, the crazy about part about it is I'm not good with lyrics, so I need this. I need karaoke style to, to read them. I'm more with beat. Like if you got a good beat to it, mm-hmm. I listen to it. But most of the time, I don't be listening to the lyrics. I just can't remember them. They just ain't for me. <laughs> Jamal, I, real quick, my co-host Kyle across from me yesterday said that Dan Campbell has the potential to become the greatest HBO Hard Knocks character we've ever seen. Do you agree with this sentiment? Do you think this guy's got a lot more for us the next four episodes? I think so. It's just authentic. You know, he's not trying to like look like a certain thing on camera and nothing. It's just him. That's what I think is the best part about it. It's just, it's just authentic, original, and it's just him. And you can tell, you know, when somebody trying too hard, you know, they faking it. And you can just feel like it's scripted. And, and that's the thing I don't like about cameras. They think everything's scripted. But it's really, if they just catch the authentic, you know, the originality of somebody, then that's how you can really draw towards that person. And that's what DC is. He's just an original person, just a great person. And, you know, he's just trying to get the best out of us and the best out of him, too. It's great. And he's in a room full of 25-year-olds and he's quoting Metallica <laughs> lyrics. Like, that's him. He's being himself. And Jamal, yeah, you yeah. always do the same thing. We got sunshine on a cloudy day. Yes. And it's yeah, you, yeah. my friend. Awesome, awesome time meeting. Go play some ball this year, man. Shock the Eagles week one. Let's go. Come on, baby. That's Jamal. He's a national treasure. Let it rain on See you later. Oh, man. Jamal Williams. That was excellent to get to know him a little bit better. Um, the tweets that are rolling in after seeing him be so vulnerable on the show last night was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Caro nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. He's totally blown away by the authenticity, strength, and vulnerability of this person. Watching him this morning on GMFB is no different. Can't help but 100% root for him and the Lions. Mm-hmm. So great. Man, I don't know whose energy is more electric, Dan Campbell's or Jamal Williams. I know. And we were just still basking in the glow last night of Hard Knocks. Jason, you said you've never seen Hard Knocks before, before last like, night. Like, not like, never intentionally watched it. I was blown away. I, I, I texted you guys. I was like, I'm about to hit my agent up and see if, <laughs> if Dan Campbell is willing to take a debt piece in the defensive backfield. <laughs> is that right? I just want to take you part want in a piece meetings. of it. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many moments where, you know what I really appreciate? It was like the throwback video um, of Dan Campbell when he first started coaching and the fact that it's the same guy and like I almost want to see like video of him when he was a player Mm because I just imagine like that is what I appreciate about the offense. There's a very famous story that Jeremy Shockey got in a fight as a rookie as a Giants tight end and it was with Brandon Short the linebacker and everyone was about to jump down on Shockey and the veteran tight end who had Shockey's back one versus 52 in the room was Dan Campbell. (laughs) He had Shockey's back and they're like all right if Dan Campbell's supporting Shockey like we're not messing with him. Wow. We talked in the commercial break too every year there's there's something I 
called The Seduction of Hard Knocks, where mm -hmm. it's so well done and so well executed that it's such a beautiful portrayal of the team that you fall in love with the team and start to think like, I think the Lions can win the Super Bowl. That's me. I really I'm do. You fall in love with them. I'm and maybe they're right. They'll be 14 and 3 this year. Because based it. on last yeah. night and this guy. Yeah. We're gonna talk Jason more said about it. Him. I feel Stay it. with us. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. play Huntley throws to the end zone touchdown Mark Andrews takes the handoff look at end zone fires touchdown Mark Andrews Johnson deep drop under pressure has to lob the ball and it is caught Andrews in touchdown Ravens he's one of the best in the sport he's heading into his fifth season he's an all-pro he's a pro bowler and he's been Lamar Jackson's favorite target please give a warm welcome to one of our friends of the show Ravens tight end Mark Andrews let's go Mark what's up Mark yeah let's go thank you guys for having me on man I'm excited about it you were named first team all-pro pro bowler now the team didn't make the playoffs and yet you individually had these great strides what do you do to put it all together and how can you and that team build off that momentum from 2021 and bring it to 2022 personally for me it's just about you know growing you know taking what you learned from the last year the previous years and becoming a more complete player i want to help this team win as, as many games as we can as we can you know get to where we want to be you know we have a lot of guys coming back obviously last year wasn't you know ideal for us 
So we're just looking to grow, get better, and, and be the team that we know we can be this year. Yeah, for sure. And you talked about guys coming back, and uh, one of those guys is your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, dealt with some injuries uh, last year. He'll be at full strength. This offseason, everybody's talked about his contract and so many different things going on. What's it been like in training camp? Do you feel like he'll be extra motivated or anything of that nature? And how's he looked? You know, talking about Lamar and his motivation, he lives and breathes it every day. You know, you look back to uh, when Lamar was drafted, you know, what did he say? He said, I'm a Raven. You're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. You know, so what motivates Lamar is winning. What motivates Lamar is winning Super Bowls. You know, this is year five. I'd say he's very motivated. I think we all are. Mark, we talk so much about Lamar and how unique he is as an athlete. It's also unique the way he approaches his contractual situation. Everybody's business is their own business, but self-represented. Do you ever say to him as a friend and as a teammate, like, Lamar, you're the man. Like, you, you should get paid, man. Get, get, go get your money right now. Do, do you talk about it? You know, his contract is not something that, you know, when you look at him, when you talk to him, he's not worried about. So someone else said this, but, you know, if he's not worried about it, well, then we don't have to be worried about it. We know that that's going to get done. You know, he's going to be a Raven. Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, he's a special, special player. We know what we have over here. We're extremely blessed to be able to play with him um, and have him because, you know, every time he touches that field, man, there's always a chance to win. No doubt. And, and Mark, in the meantime, we got business to talk about here because last year you were first team all pro, but there was one honor that you did not receive, and it's my fault. This is the angry run scepter. Every single week during the season, we send it to whoever has the most physically dominating run. Week 14 last year, you were nominated. It, it was a great angry run. You're going to catch the ball downfield and just start throwing Browns and get the hell out of my way, and you're going to spike the ball at the end. And for some reason, I did not give you the scepter. I chose to give it to Mike Evans for running over a cameraman. It was the worst decision <laughs> I've ever made in the history of the segment. I'm still not living it down. I apologize to you. Did, did I get it wrong? And do you have anything to say to me? Because I'll take it. I, I blew that one. I mean, what do I have to do? 100% you got it wrong, first of all. But um, this year, I'll have to, I'll have to, you know, break out something extra crazy, you know, because you're not going to want to give it to me to begin with. So come on, Kyle. Come on, let's go. All right. So you have to, you have to throw a fourth and a fifth guy to the ground. You might, if you throw 12 guys, because the problem here is the context with the Ravens. <laughs> Every single dude except the dude we're talking to. Why, why are you rubbing it in? Because like I'm trying to piss him off, because that's how you get good. it. This is good. This is how you get it. Extra motivation, man. I know. Are you going to get one this year, Mark? Just put it on tape right now, and when you get it, we'll run this clip back. Are he's you going to get it? He's going to run out of this interview if you I'm getting one. <laughs> there it is. Lock it up. That's it. So Jason and I are new to the Angry Runners. So you mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, he is back and healthy and apparently a winner of, of an Angry yeah. uh, Run segment. How does his presence on the field impact your offense coming into the season? Yeah, you know, J.K. is an extremely versatile player. He's someone on the field that coming out of the backfield, you don't know what he's going to do. He could be a receiver, but he's also extremely shifty back but powerful back. He kind of has you know all facets to his game. He's, he's very, very complete. So I know for us, we're extremely excited to get him back. He's extremely ready to get back out there, ready to get moving. You know, his first practice was, was Monday, and so uh, he's looking really good. He's worked hard to, to get back to where he was, and he's going to be a big part of what we do for this offense and, and, and where we go this year. We're hoping to see him back and sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, for years, you guys beat up on the Bengals pretty good, and then last year, they got the best of you. And then, of course, you have the Browns getting a new quarterback, and then, alas, the Steelers are always going to be there with that defense. It's such a good division, such a tight race. You guys have so many players coming back from injury this season. Expectations are high. Do you feel like the Ravens are the team to beat in the AFC North heading into the 2022 season? I think to kind of piggyback, you know, off of what you said, we have a lot of guys coming back. 
you know, last year was kind of a freak year with, with everything that happened and, and, and knock on wood, nothing like that happens this year for us. But I'm excited for this year, for this team, all the players that we have coming back. This is a tough, tough division. Um, it always has been. You know, every game that we play in a division is a dogfight. So I'm excited about it. But at the end of the day, there's for us, there's not much to be said. We're about that action. Yeah. All that action, boss. I love that. I love that. We introduced you as Lamar's favorite target, but you're also going into year five. That's where it starts to flip. You become the vet, one of the older guys in the locker room. You started to mentor Isaiah Likely. Lamar Jackson has even given him the nickname Baby Mark Andrews. Can you tell us a little bit about that relationship? Yeah, you know, he came in, you know, just right away, and he has a certain knack for finding the football, finding open spots, and, and winning one-on-ones. Extremely, you know, polished. You know, I know when I came into the league, I definitely, you know, feel like I didn't look like that. So, you know, he's light years ahead, of, and he's going to play a big part of what we do, you know, offensively, run blocking, you know, in the pass game. So um, he's going to be a big piece for us. Lamar loves him, which is awesome for us, too. So, you know, he's just going to continue to learn, get better and better, but, you know, really love what I see. He's a great dude, great kid, and um, I'm excited for the world to see him this year. And we're excited for the world to see you. I know so many guys coming back from injury so many new rookies and so many new acquisitions but mark you're the one constant we really appreciate you on the show and go have another all pro season go get yourself an angry run scepter go get it thank you guys no doubt let's go see you mark take care man see you later you're the man hey it's time for the training camp spotlight presented by nerd wallet that is desmond ritter the rookie drafted to atlanta warming up at training camp in flowery branch georgia uh he is quarterbacking behind marcus mariota at this point but he is a talent coming out of college. Can't deny that. You know who else is talented? Mm. Who's at training camp? It's Steve Weish. Talk about it. Um, Guys, let's start back in March. The Falcons trade away 14-year veteran Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. So the question becomes, how is Atlanta moving on from having such an established veteran guy under center? And how do these young pieces like a Drake London, like a Kyle Pitts, factor into the Falcons' plans moving forward? Well, I mean, that's a good question, Scott, because, look, I was here covering this team in Atlanta when Matt Ryan got drafted. Okay, so you you know the history of him. So besides all the good things he can do, throwing the ball, the, the leadership and the veteran experience. So now with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, Instead of having somebody established who's got command and a presence, you're dealing with two guys trying to earn a starting job. And that is a different dynamic, but one that kind of runs through the whole roster here is the competition yeah. that Arthur Smith is trying to you know, continue to build to have a tougher team if nothing else. And, and the other thing is this, having Matt Ryan here, because you were here when he was drafted, right. I was working here as the assistant GM, and when we went to the Super Bowl, but where the team was at in its totality, the talent, where they were going, having a great quarterback or a very good quarterback, it really wasn't going to make that much of a difference right now because right now this thing isn't a rebuild. And right. I know they don't want to hear that. They don't want to. It's just not a roster that's fully complete enough to be at the championship level. So what they did in moving on, it made sense. And of course, because of the pursuit of the other quarterback, Matt wasn't sure he wanted to be here. So right now we're sitting in this situation. Here's the one thing about Marcus, and, and you and I talked about this off air. The fact is, Arthur Smith has been with him before. Right. He knows what his strengths are. He knows what his limitations are. So that is very important because right now, 
experientially, he's going to be far ahead of Desmond Ritter. So if they start, it's on Arthur Smith to make sure that he knows what he can do, what he can't do, make sure that he puts them in a position to succeed, which will allow the offense to have a greater chance to succeed. And Mariota will be starting Friday's preseason opener against the Detroit Lions. Also, Scott, take this into account. All of their quarterbacks are mobile, and they're yeah. hoping that can offset some of the deficiencies in that offensive line. But let's look at two of the targets that yeah. they're going to have. Two big targets, 6'4 and 6'5", Drake London, the rookie wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, the 6'5 tight end. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts, two years ago, he was one of my favorite players in the draft. He was a lot of people's favorite players in the draft. But what I loved about him was not only the athleticism, not only the ability to get open and the hands, his intelligence is off the charts. The way that Dan Mullen used him at Florida, he was inside, he was outside, he was in the backfield. He can be used in so many different places. Now that he's got a year of NFL legs under him, I'm sure that they're going to use him because in order to move a player around that much, they have to be smart. They have to be able to see the coverage. They have to know how things are going to react around them. So it's going to be really interesting to see Kyle Pitts. But as we talked about, the great point you made, they're going to need a mobile quarterback because whatever kind of play action they do, they're going to need to make sure that that quarterback is on the move so he can have time to extend plays. And it's a great point. You know, I think Mariota, we forget about him. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league by far. He's way, way up there, and maybe he'll need to be. Scott, you know, we always focus so much on the top of your resume, but let's go down to the bottom where they have the special skills like your Microsoft Excel and your proficient in Spanish. Under your special skills is you can make Bill Belichick I got smile. Out of Spanish. You can, and you've done it on camera. Scott, you were in New England as part of our coverage wow. inside Training Camp Live last week, and you caught up with the hoodie. What was your biggest takeaway from that conversation with uh, your old colleague, Bill Belichick? Kyle, I don't know if my biggest takeaway was anything big or sexy. It was, you know, when I got there, what we, here's the best part is, you know, mine and Bill's relationship goes back to when I was in college. And a lot of our time is spent talking about history and people and players in history and football history, respect for players in the NFL and honoring those players. And going back to New England, it was great to see one of the things that Bill still does is he makes sure that the players see every single day, the players, the coaches, the front office people, the people that have come before all of us that have built this game. But then he also honors great players from other sports. And we got into this long conversation because we were both a little bit sad about the passing of Bill Russell. And back in 2001, when we were still practicing at Bryant College, it was still Bryant College, not Bryant University, we took our team down that summer to the IMAX down in Providence. And Bill Russell came and spoke to the team. We had shown this little video, like a 20-minute video, and it was one of the most powerful impactful speeches. Our players were in awe. And one of the things that Bill Russell said that Bill and I spent quite a bit of time talking about that is still a tenant of the organization at the New England Patriots is Bill Russell stopped for a second. He looked at the players and said, hey, listen, you're not being paid to play this game. You're being paid to win games. And that resonated with our players so much. It became a little bit of a rallying cry. It also was good for our young players to see this mind shift that a lot of times the players are saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing the game, I'm getting paid. That became something that was so important. Bill and I talked about that, about a lot of the Patriots history, but it wasn't just the Patriots history in the time that we were together. He, we talked about Bucko Kilroy. We talked about all of the people that were there well before us. And it's such, a, such an important thing, again, in my mind, that all of us understand the Giants that came before us. There is nothing a Bill, can get Bill Belichick talking more than a good history lesson. Just don't ask him about the opponent for that week. Um, Scott Pioli, Steve Weiss, thank you so much for all your insights, you guys. We appreciate you. Coming up, the Bucks and the Dolphins are having joint practices this week. We're going to dissect. Let's go. Look at that laser. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Good morning, football! Training camp is heating up. Uh, the Dolphins and Buccaneers are holding joint practices today and tomorrow down in Tampa. There's always some great one-on-one matchups, plenty of opportunity for trash talking. Uh, but Kyle, there must be one thing in particular that's standing out to you to watch for in these joints. Bucks, Finns, mm-hmm. joint practice mm-hmm. in the next mm-hmm. couple days. Three letters, T-U-A. Mm. I'm just watching that man. I'm watching Tua Tonga Vailoa. And I, I, if I was calling plays for the Dolphins, you know what I would do in the first exercise? Hard pump fake and deep to that man. Let's just get it over with. Chuck that thing deep. I want to see how he throws it. I want everyone to shut up. I want them to tweet it out. I, I hope they hit it, too. It's one of the lamest offseason storylines, and it's not the season yet, but I'd like to officially like try to close the loop on that. And then I'm just watching how he handles it, how he handles himself, how he runs the offense, how he's in the huddle. Does he talk to Brady? Does he yap at Devin White? Like, I want to know if two is that type of dude who, um, you know, as they say, the most popular expression in all professional sports right now is that this, this person has that dog in them. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. I don't know if he has it. Scrimmage, fine. There'll be a fracas or two. There'll be some yapping. And I want to see if he has the dog in him, and I want to see if he has the deep ball in him. It's clean and simple. The, the quarterback for the Dolphins, too. I'm watching will he, him. Will he be about that action? As about another that one, action. yes. Yeah. Earlier. But, yes, that's the number one thing I said. We've seen it all training camp. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, the deep pass. That's it. Will that happen now that there's another opponent in front of you? But also, we talked about with Tampa Bay, the offensive line. Ryan Jensen's not there. Ali mm-hmm. Marpet retired. How do they stack up against this Miami Dolphins front where they blitz, they get after the quarterback. And then number three, I wrote down Miami's defense. I was a part of it last year. We went to Tampa. We played against Tom Brady. It was not pretty. They blew us out. They hung, I think, 40 points up. It was it was ugly. What happened? Tom Brady. Yeah, really? Just, was that the Tom Brady experience. We had a normal game, national game. Yes. Everyone like, let's see the Dolphins. Let's and see what they're made of. It was over before the halftime. It was ugly. So I want to see how that defense looks. Now they're getting another crack at this Tom Brady-led offense. Does it fare better? And I think overall, just joint practices in general, you've been going against the same opponent all training camp. 
You know what the offense is doing. You know what the defense is doing. Garofalo talked about it here. The practices are scripted. Hey, we're going to run a deep play action. Hey, let's put in a blitzing defense and see what the secondary does. And we put them in a tough spot now. It's a little bit more. It's another opponent in front of you. You're running some of your best scheme to see how it's going to look. I want to see what, the, what both teams look like against each other. You know, I follow a lot of the local beat reporters on Twitter, and I text to a bunch. And then, of course, there's people at the team side. You know who's getting a lot of quiet buzz out there in in in? Who you got? It's a guy that Jamie. I know you want to speak with too. Julio Jones. Uh-huh. Yes. Is that right? Julio Jones. Yes. What's going on? And I think I want to see how he fits. Yes. And I'll defer to you on what what you were you know as far as what we're expecting to see. But I just from what we've seen already in training camp, there's like this bubbling thing of like no one's talking about him. Julio's been awesome, and I. I went down this road with Julio as a Titan, and like I saw it, and there was injuries, and it wasn't what we want. Does Julio Jones have anything left in the tank? I would be curious to see what he does against real live-action defense. Whether it's scripted or not, there's going to be actual defenders out there, maybe the best defensive backfield in football in Miami. Well, here's my thing about Julio Jones. I have this working theory that, you know, you look at a Seattle, and you have those two excellent wide receivers in Seattle, but who's throwing them the ball? Now you have Julio Jones. You know what he's capable of. You know the kind of seasons he had in Atlanta. I'm going to forget Julio Jones 2.0 with the Titans. It just didn't happen for him. Let's go back to when he was with the Falcons. So to consider what Julio Jones could do. But what I love about this situation for Julio in Tampa Bay is that they don't need him to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it would be a pleasant surprise if he, let's say, threw out 1,200 receiving yards in a season. But they don't need him to be that. They need him to be enough to let the other guys grow. They need him to be enough to give Tom Brady an option when he really needs something badly. So it's this perfect marriage of perhaps what Tom Brady needed in a ve- in an offense where he needed a veteran wide receiver, but also such an awesome quarterback to be throwing to this guy who yeah. just needed to find a home in Julio Jones, perhaps has found it in Tampa Bay. He legitimately could be the fourth wide receiver. Yeah. And like that means your fourth DB or a nickelback is covering him. It's Julio Jones. Uh-huh. Mike McDaniel's an offensive head coach who's never really co- – and he's got a holdover defensive coordinator in Josh Boyer who mm-hmm. was there from wrote from Flores' regime. Mm-hmm. What's the dynamic, and is McDaniel going to be one of these guys that can dictate, hey, da 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 mm-hmm. We'll see it on, mm-hmm. on NFL Network today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inside Training Camp like Live, Rose. it's a joint practice. <laughs> Mr. Brady! Oh, hello, Mr. Brady. Show Tua how it's done. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.